Welcome to the Mad Trio Podcast. This week we have the California Pariah, Jonathan Charney, James the Fat Man Stevens, Ryan Preston, and special guest host, the old guy. And this show's not brought to you by Burmashade. Golfers, if fewer strokes are what you crave, you're out of you're out of the rough with Burmashave. That'd be nice if we got a check from Burmashave. What the hell? Yeah. No, it's it, why are we talking about this? Because we can. John, John wanted to mix it up. I wasn't in the studio. I didn't get this memo. No, it, uh, it was a secret memo between right. the two of us. And uh, This is what's going to happen now is there's going to be non, non-ad spots. It's going to be a, a commercial for companies that no longer exist. And amongst other things, pretty much whatever makes me laugh. So pre- pre- be prepared for random crap. So we're never going to get a check. <laughs> probably not not from burma shave <laughs> maybe from some of the other stuff but definitely not from burma shave they spent all their money on all road right. signs i yeah okay well no i think they got uh, it out so brian may had a heart attack it? i don't know if you heard that oh brian may from queen yeah yep. um he's still alive but a few a few weeks uh after rupturing some some sort of gluteal muscle while gardening, he ha- he also then dies of a heart almost dies of a heart attack. Um, which, which which might answer why he said it was the worst pain he ever felt because he was having both. And it, it, it definitely means that you shouldn't garden. It's it's bad for your health. Uh, okay. Oh, and the general. Uh, we're going to get all the sad news out of the way. The general from Stargate died. The general? Hammond. No. Oh, no, really? Yeah. That's what I saw a little bit ago. Uh, no, that's too bad. Of course, I mean, he must have, been, must have been 90. The the TV show. The actual actor. Okay. Oh, yeah. The, the... I'm pretty sure that the guy in the movie, if he's, he's just, you know, that was what, 94? So if he's still around, <laughs> he's got to be. He's got to be up there. Yeah. So uh, I can't say that oh. I remember him being in anything else. Now I just, would have to look it up. Just unexpectedly, or was there any more on that? No, I didn't see anything where it talked about um, the general. Yeah, I dying? just saw the thing. Yeah, the notification. I did find something <clears throat> that I found interesting. You know, you always hear wine drinkers say how much you know, wine they drink and they brag about it. And I found a chart comparing the, the gambit of alcohol. So 12, uh, 12 fluid ounces of regular beer equals eight to nine fluid ounces of malt liquor equals five fluid ounces of table wine or an ounce and a half of distilled spirits. Huh. I've never heard that before because I was looking it up because I hear... So you were trying to make a oh. comparison... Yeah, because I always hear somebody say, like, yeah, I have two or three glasses of wine a night. And, if you you know, some of these wine people kind of look down on beer people. I mean, I don't like beer in general, but I just thought it was interesting to see, you know, what, what's the difference is. Their five fluid ounces of wine is basically a beer. It just happens to be something they prefer. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's pretty much what it is. I've been a beer guy and a wine guy. Uh, I didn't get into wine until later. Um basically because I was trying to date a particular lady who liked wine. And so I was like, wine, great, awesome. You know, at it's, least uh, at least this this time trying to get into something for a woman didn't involve you doing something stupid. It always involves me doing something stupid, like pretending I like <laughs> wine. But I didn't, I just didn't know. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. That's what I was just yeah. going to say. Uh... Yeah, I once uh, pretended to be into running, like running, <laughs> like just moving your feet fucking faster than oh, normal. God. Like, the hell was I thinking? As much as you smoke uh, or smoked? Like, exactly. That must have... I mean, it's, it's ridiculous for a thousand reasons. They must have thought a train is coming, whatever would have blocked your running by, seeing all the puff of smoke. Yeah. But I always thought wine was for, like, like class. I was just thinking of the wheezing. You know, the people who were to... Snobs, <laughs> right? Wine snobs. And, yeah, yeah, wine snobs. Yeah, exactly. And she comes over... And we shared a bottle of wine, which is basically two glasses of wine, okay, if anybody's curious. Um, And after two glasses of wine, I was like, oh, I got to get up and go to the bathroom real quick. Uh, I couldn't believe how much I staggered when I got up (laughs) on two glasses of wine. I was like, oh, rich people are getting 
fuck up. <laughs> so, this, is, this is not like some, I'm just going to have a glass or two of wine. Like, no, you're catching a buzz. People. Oh, yeah. So according to this chart, um, <clears throat> so the beer is about 5%. The malt liquor is about 7 And this is what they're using to compare the two, uh, all of them. Uh, wine, they say, is about 12%. And alcohol is, is 40 The distilled spirits is 40 and above. Really depending on yeah, what you it's, want. Uh, it's about average. <clears throat> yeah, 12 to 14%, you know, depending on what kind of wine you get. I wish I was into wine, but I'll be I'll I'll be completely honest. My enjoyment of hard alcohol is actually cheaper. <laughs> well, I was going to say your pocketbook couldn't afford wine. If if the if my wine taste would be like my flavor, my taste for cigars, mess you up. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it's just like if 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 I had wine taste like I do for cigars, I would never be able to drink at all. Yeah, like maybe once every six yeah. years. I think we've all gone. Well, there's that's the thing is you know I bring this great up. wine. That are in the, in like the twenty bucks, that are fantastic. It you know it's interesting. I mean, yes, if you get if you get somebody who really knows their wine well and can recommend a good pairing with a particular dish, uh, yes, I can. You know, I understand that. My problem is there's something about my wallet snapping closed when they see this <laughs> bottle is going to be anywhere from, you know, 25 to 50 bucks for a bottle of wine. And it's like, it's, <laughs> right. you know, it's not happening. And I don't care how good it pairs. See the, the issue, the <laughs> issue I have with wine too, is you could easily, at least I could see myself easily drinking that whole bottle. Or if I spend $60 on a quality thing of like whiskey, there's no chance in hell. I'm going to drink the whole thing in one sitting. It's just not possible for me personally to do. I'm with you. I couldn't either. So, um, like all the alcohol in my cabinet right now, especially that creme de mint, some of it's going to die with me. So would you spend hundreds of dollars for a, a really <laughs> good bottle of blended scotch whiskey or the way, the way I am right now? No. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe well, no, right because... now during this whole COVID-19. Well, okay. Well, 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 you know, if, if, if my taste for alcohol was up to the point where I could tell the difference between say, like a buffalo, a buffalo trace versus like a, a high end Scotch whiskey. I, yes, but I can't. So no. However, I can tell you the difference between a five dollar cigar and a thirty dollar cigar. There's a big difference to me between flavor, the way it drags, the the taste in your mouth. Uh, but I just can't do that with diff- the with a difference on um, like distilled spirits. Mm-hmm. There are ones I want to try that are up there. Um, like was it Appleton Estates, Apple, there's Applejack. There's a couple of ones that are up there just because I don't think they're made a lot. Um, and I've heard the ones to get, if you can find any alcohol that's bottled and bond is the one to get. Cause it's um, the description I heard. It's from a whole year's um, collection of whatever ingredients in there. And so I could see spending that, but huh. no, I, I wish like one of the things I, I want to do, and I just never did. I'd love to find a bottle of wine or a thing of whiskey that was made the year my son was born. And when he heard it's twenty one, it's like, here, son, I've had this since you know. Get the get get the distilled spirits because well, what's with your the, luck, uh, what's that bottle of wine will go bad by the time it's twenty one. Well, I think you get port uh, the year that uh, that from the year that like your your kid is born and you drink it on their eighteenth birthday. It better be but twenty. Port ages pretty well. Yeah. I just, I need, if I ever did that, I would need something that doesn't require like maintenance. Like with wine, I've heard not only do you have to keep it in a special, like uh, temperature wise, every so once in a while, you're supposed to turn yep. it to a certain degree. And it's just like, I, my life is so busy. There's no chance in hell I would remember well, it to do that. Like I know me, I would give my son really expensive. Well, there's vinegar. tannins and sediment and everything that needs to, there's tannins and sediment that need to be moved that will settle in certain spots. That's why like you have bottles that are angled down and mm. so that that stuff settles on the cork. So when you pull it out, it comes out with the cork. So, so there's things like that, but I just would never, I don't know. So I got the next, worth it. I got the next million dollar idea. Take like a, you know, the thing that you use to, to warm hot dogs up in the, in the, the like seven 11, make a giant version of that for a bottle of wine. <laughs> Better yet, have you seen how the uh, watch makers collections? Do these guys collect all these automatic <gasps> oh, watches? Yeah, oh, yeah, the, with the, the winer. Yeah. Rotating watches. Yes. I love that. There you go. Yeah. Just make that for wine bottles. I, I, I love it. 
because it's such a I've got too much money kind of a thing to have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And now there's this watch yeah. club. Have you heard about it? It's called the Watch Gang, I believe. And it's a club that you you, you pay into. No. Yeah, you, it's it's the new thing for all these uh, automatic watch snobs. And uh, you, you, you join this club, and depending at what level you buy in, and I think the lowest level is $100 a month up to, I don't know, two or 3000 a month, Yeesh. depending on what you want. And you get a watch every month, and it could be anywhere from a uh, Rolex to a Seiko. Who knows? You know, it's uh, it's one of these crapshoot things. You don't know what you're going to get, and uh, that's the new thing now with these automatic watch collectors. Uh, they they're doing that. So I whatever. I don't. Oh, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't get it. I mean, I I love my Apple Watch, and that's pretty much. I'm I'm a hundred percent happy with just having an Apple Watch. You know, I, I totally get it because I probably own somewhere around fifty watches. Ask me how many run. Okay, how many run? <laughs> Two. <laughs> so, but I never bought. You know, I I had one time a Rolex, an actual Rolex in my life, and uh, I was offered more money for that watch <laughs> twenty later, twenty years later than I, and it was worth sitting on my wrist. So I, t- so <laughs> yeah. I took it, and that would know? be that would become the problem for me is is just uh, like like oh I can't um, justify keeping this when somebody's offering me x amount of dollars for it. Yeah, so exactly, <laughs> I mean, and that's literally what happened. So I, I went on watchgang.com. So here's how it is. Here's the original. So monthly it's forty nine ninety nine United States dollars, and you can prepay. Black tier and see the. The original tier watches are a max of $150. The black tier watches are worth up to $500. That's $99. And I feel like Ron Popeil. Um, platinum tier, yeah. platinum tier, month to month is $300. Watches are worth up to $1,500. God. Um, by the way, for $300, I better guaranteed to get a watch that's <laughs> worth more than the money I'm putting into it. Um, or else Whoa, I'd be. Dude, you've got to imagine with any of these subscription types of things, the house is going to win. Exactly. So, well, exactly. Well, it'll. Yeah. It, but here's my thought: Say if you really uh, wanted to to gamble on it, and you put that you just did it for one month, what are the chances of you getting a watch that's not like a, a Timex? Because <laughs> well, they they say up to. They don't necessarily uh, say it's going to be lower than. No lower than. It'll be a brand that you haven't heard of. I'd say one, one out of fifty. Yeah, it's it's it it is, it is yeah. a crapshoot. So, I, I'll anyway. be honest. Yeah, it, I, I'd say the actual low. <laughs> it it sounds. You're gonna get ripped off, John. I I agree with Ryan. This is definitely uh, these are people that have have uh, have too much money. They need help uh, to to spend it. So, here's my offer to you guys: if you have too much money and you really want to spend it i i know a bunch of people us who would, would love to take your money and please uh, send it to us hey did uh, you know i, I uh, wouldn't complain you, you send it to me did you know uh can you guess yes just recently let's say uh saturday what was the world's busiest airport heathrow okay wrong next las vegas denver wrong wrong Ding, ding, I should be on the board. All right. Because this one I would have... Alaska. Yeah. This one I would have never gotten. So, Alaska's Anchorage International Airport... Really? ...became the world's busiest airport on Saturday. What the hell? Uh, It has to do with... uh, Cargo operations and the way, you know, flying over where, where these, where the companies are coming from and what countries are coming from. Uh, Saturday is a busy day for cargo operations anyway in this airport, and it had 744 flight operations where Chicago, which was also ranked number one multiple times, only had 579. Wow. Atlanta which is uh, the, was, was the current largest amount of uh, flights uh, for any given year. It was only 529. So poor little Anchorage wow. Airport was overwhelmed <laughs> on Saturday. So I was, 
I was recently in a big box store. Oh, so much of that story. You can play the critics, crickets too for that. Hey, only an airplane geek <laughs> would get that. I can, never mind. Move on. Go to your I, big just, box no. store story. We know your big box story is better than the fact that Anchorage well, you, came up. Nobody was chiming in, so I I'm just know. trying to Go keep ahead. things moving. Keep um, it going. I actually found this amusing, so this will be very short before uh, Rob no finds another I'm plane story. Show all the time. <laughs> well, old guy's grumpy. Yeah. I, I don't think you, you took your nap this afternoon. Stop interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not going to help. Um, I should not be at 34 a fan of naps the way I am, just, just saying. Dude, I skip <laughs> lunch. I skip lunch half the time to take naps. They're amazing. <laughs> I take naps specifically because I make the mistake of eating like a big ass lunch. I I might eat lunch once a week, actually. Um, yeah, I, I really try. So it's you, you know how those masks have become very popular. I was recently in a big box store, and you know those, those paper masks you put over ladies put the over surgical their surgical style. No, well, yeah, right. No, that's the beauty masks. You know, it's usually they have eye cutouts, like usually oh. usually a mouth cutout. Okay. And I was in a box store, and I thought this was funny. Now they have them for arms, thighs, neck, bust, belly, and butt. And they do what? Uh, so according to this, they say uh, they'll the. Uh, for the bust, it's boosting and toning, and it's called it's a sheet mask, and it says for belly, it's firming and smoothing, mm. butt is smoothing and toning. So I, I I'm really hoping it's the exact same product because I think that'd be that'd be a great way to sell more product if somebody's like, well, I'm just going to get all these. These will help everywhere. Isn't this just the regurgitation of uh, products that were out in the '60s? The same kind of thing. They slap stuff on their bodies and hopefully to tone them up or nothing's new. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. With the like the belt around your waist. Yeah. Reminds me of the I shake. I that like every old black and white. <laughs> exactly. Show. And it's too bad it didn't work. Reminds me of the shake <laughs> weight episode of, um, oh, what is that show on the uh, comedy <clears throat> channel? South Park? South Park, yeah. yeah. South Park? Yeah, I I just thought that was interesting because yeah, you know I actually saw a TV show with that shake thing that uh, Agatha Christie um, Four Horsemen thing I think it was on Prime. Yeah, they actually had that uh, <clears throat> some lady in that show using it, and it takes place in the 1940s or oh, so. There you go. It's actually pretty interesting to see somebody actually using it in a TV show again. That's funny. Yeah, things come around. So everybody ready for tomorrow? Tomorrow's a big day. Yeah. Cape, Ran- Cape Canaveral, Florida. Elon Musk is... Oh, is that actually tomorrow? Is That's that actually tomorrow? tomorrow. We're going to launch two oh, astronauts. Shit. For yep. the. shit. F- I'm so fucking excited. My favorite part? First time in world history, a private entity is launching people into space. Yeah. That's why I'm excited. Oh, I would this say fantastic. that are alive because weren't they for a while? You could like shoot your uh, ashes into orbit. Like, cause didn't they do that with? I ju- think there's with, companies that still do that. They, they did that with Scotty. Yeah, um, James Duhon. But yeah, so the launch is tomorrow, and uh, it's supposed. Huh. I, I believe it's supposed to be sometime around noon. I I got it. I have, I have to look at one thirty. I heard. Now let's hope nothing. That let's hope it actually goes right and doesn't be like Maybe another challenger. Uh, I just honestly, I just saw one thirty. So, yeah, Pacific time. Yeah, the article I'm looking at is insane. Yeah, one thirty Pacific. Yeah. Um, so the only thing okay. I'm I'm hoping it's not another challenger okay. disaster. I really hope this goes off without a hitch. And oh man, I'm I'm hoping it is another Who's disaster. The of that. <laughs> so yeah, one thirty three Pacific. No. Well, now, now they're changing it. NASA's and SpaceX are currently targeting Wednesday at 4.33 p.m. Eastern time. So it would be 1.33 Pacific time. So Okay. Because I'm, I'm excited and I'm yeah, really... If, 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 if anybody out there is, is, is hoping that it is a disaster, that's, that'd be weird. No, I man, I am... Saying we're not hoping for a challenger. I, oh, I guarantee there's somebody... I can't wait for this to work and work right and get these guys there and we can get the hell away from Russia. I, I, I do. Yeah, ha- no kidding. That, that's what's been bothering <laughs> me out. It's like, wait, we've been using the Russian Soyuz rockets this whole time? Yes. 
Yes, since the last shuttle went up in 2011. Yeah. They've been getting a lot yeah, that, of money. That, that's too long to, to be relying on the, uh, I mean, look, when it comes to space travel, I love that, that everyone's adopted this, like, hey, we're all in this together, you know, kind of thing. But, uh, I mean, to me, it, it, it's, it's so tied in with American pride, you know. Oh, yeah. The, the amazing space technology we have and, and rocketry and all that stuff, even though we did jack a bunch of people from the Germans. But that's beside the point. Yeah, American pride, eh. No, I'm more prideful in the, well, the, the heart wait, attack wait, wait, grill. and Elon Musk, right? That's so it's South, South African. African pride. <laughs> well, no, no. Technically, he's, I, I, he's, if he's a, a U.S. citizen. He is a U.S. citizen. So technically, right. he's American. That's so true. That is true. I, I do think it's funny. It's like so who, Obama. So even you know, even though you can't pronounce his <laughs> child's name, and um, I do. I, jeez. I thought John had the no politics sign up. No, what's well, James? So <laughs> you can't. Um... <laughs> I'm busting up because every time I say something, there's like a delay. So it like took you guys a while on. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do think it's weird, though, that you either have a weird politician or a weird billionaire, and um, the weird billionaire is really kicking ass. He's running, like, three companies. You know this Dragon space capsule that you're talking about can actually hold seven people? Jeez. We've never Man, had... That's awesome. But uh, that's not oh. SpaceX capsule. That's somebody else, right? No, that's SpaceX capsule. Is it really? Yeah, it's called the Dragon. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, the crew dragon. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know we could hold seven people. Yeah. So s- that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. So six and a mother-in-law. By the way, speaking of space, have you guys seen the uh, the Space Force fucking logo? Yes. Is is that not your favorite thing in the world right now? Wouldn't you be <laughs> full of pride to have that on your uniform? So, oh, man, I absolutely would. And if I'm Gene Roddenberry's estate, I'm not saying shit. You guys can use that all day. That's right. So anybody have, well, technically it's the government. What are you going to do? Stop a branch of the military from using a logo? So what the fuck do they well, actually yeah, you do? Can sue the government for a copyright infringement. Yeah, it's not going to get it very could, far. But it wouldn't go anywhere. Yet. <laughs> it's let's let's be honest. I mean, the, the government's the king of opening up the patent office and using whatever the, whatever, the, whatever they want. Hell, this thing even has a toilet in it. I hope so. Well, none of the Gemini or Hollow or nothing had ever had a toy. Well, well, they wore diapers. They they had funny. Let's not talk about it. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> I, it could be a long well, trip. Did. It just surprised me <laughs> that it's a, it's a toilet. In it. You know what it is? Is when it docks when it when it when it docks with the the, the International Space Station. Like, oh, we got an extra toilet. You know what's really interesting is look that if you look at the Guys, look it up and look at their spacesuits. They're very modern, modernistic. Don't they look kind of like two thousand one? In a way, yeah. They're very kind of. Everything's kind of cool. I mean, compared to all the old stuff and all the controls or touch screens and all uh, kinds of stuff that you mean the unlike, Chinese can hack while it's up in the air. I mean, unlike the NASA spacesuits, to still look like the nineteen sixties. Exactly. This is more like all the movies we've been watching for the last 25, 30 years. Uh, well, yeah, the, no kidding. I, I love that they're really steering into the uh, to the fun of it all. You know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be fun. Anyway, I can't wait. I, I yeah, hope it goes it's, off. It's fantastic. If it doesn't go off tomorrow, it's scheduled again to go off on Saturday. So, anybody have you know want to do the under over or place a bet on the chances of it actually exploding and be an epic disaster? I, I oh, would. Man, as many of those rockets as they've launched. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that bet all damn day. Well, you know, actually, SpaceX has done a really, really good job. You know, they've been launching uh, capsules to the International Space Station for the last, I don't know, three, four years. And they've Routine. had yeah, great, they've, great success. They've had another yeah, failure. Yeah, I was going to say. 50, um, 50 uh, what do you call it? Uh, successful launches, at least. Yeah. No, they're. Um, but uh, they actually built in. See, yeah, nobody except see. the Soyuz rockets has had a an escape pod thing like the Crew Dragon has, which is almost the part that I'm excited about. Is if something does go wrong, it's like, hey, we can get these people away and have this fail safe. Which you know, as soon as I heard about that 
since I've only been aware of this. Only has having that for for a couple of years. I'm sure they've had it for a while. But I was like, wait, that's a thing. Why didn't anybody think of this shit before? Does it does it turn into a cannoli like the Cars and Demolition Man? You know, uh, it basically breaks your neck as it as it floats you away from the exploding aircraft, but it's moving you so fast <laughs> that you really don't want to be in that thing. Exactly, but you'll probably live. So See, the get, shuttle never had a. There was no way of having any of the crew eject eject out of it, and it was you were stuck for the ride no matter what happened, and that was the yeah, unfortunate yeah. part. So, uh, Ryan, I wouldn't want to be in anything that explodes. <laughs> yeah, probably right. not a yeah, good that's idea. I'm just saying that. Okay, I don't care if it turns into a cannoli or not. I don't <laughs> want to be in it if it explodes. You could be the guy in the Just, circuses that come shoots out of the cannon. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, you know, that's not really like an explosion. That's just combustion. It's, it's a mock explosion. I mean. Big spring. Yeah. <laughs> Air pressure. <laughs> it's, Air a, pressure. <laughs> it's really a giant bottle uh, bottle pressure. rocket. Like the water ones you get as a kid. <laughs> a water Yeah, I like that. Did I get you one of those? Oh, yeah. I don't a remember. Giant potato gun. <laughs> or a potato gun. That's right. I like. It's like it's like that description from uh, was it Armageddon? You know, we're on. Uh, we're strapped to so many tons of TNT that was put together by the lowest bidder. You know, and that was so true. And you know, the first, the first, some of the first launches, particularly of the the uh, Saturn V rocket, they did not know if these guys were going to make it or not. If it was going to blow up or if it was actually going to work. I mean, it was... Yeah, the, the oh, guys yeah. on the space are feeling a lot better than those guys did oh. first time out. They're feeling pretty confident. There's some particularly brutal, like, dead astronaut jokes. If you want to see, like, like how dark some of the, oh, yeah. the, 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 the people got about it. Um, so I'm, I'm not surprised that some of these people weren't expecting to return. I mean, it's just like the... The astronauts landed on the moon. We're like, well, let's hope we get back. <laughs> exactly. It, and it was that way. Yeah, yeah I, they didn't know if they were going to. Oh, James, a... I know you have the uh, the show Glow. What? Yeah. Have you guys seen the show Glow? About I haven't the, watched the Gorgeous it. Ladies of Wrestling? No. Um, it's a really oh, good that's... show, uh, for the record. Really? It but, is. Uh, there, was a, there was a scene, oh, yeah. James will probably know what I'm talking about, where they're given like a promo you know, on TV, kind of deep cable style of, uh, you know, their wrestling show coming up. And it was sort of a lead-in to a shuttle launch. And I'm like, oh, watching yeah. this. Oh, yeah. It takes yeah. me up five seconds, and I'm like, wait, what year did this take place? Oh, no. And they're doing this, like, really lighthearted <laughs> promo right as the Challenger explodes. And watching that scene <laughs> and the look yeah. on their faces of, like, oh, my God. Hmm. <laughs> It was the, the juxtaposition was a, was incredible, but uh, I mean, yeah, I couldn't imagine. I wasn't. I wasn't fair. I, what, what year was that? Eighty five Challenger. Uh, that, I think you're, uh, yeah, I was I think either you're, barely born uh, or mid eighties. We have a video but, cassette uh, of the report of it somewhere. VHS. Yeah, guy. I I'm, I got to watch it all, guys. You were there yeah, from the beginning. From the beginning, yeah. From, I don't yeah. remember. What was that like? being there ground floor like you're watching just another exciting space shuttle launch and then oh shit yeah uh so i oh, mean it, 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 as a as a kid i got to you know start with the mercury project and you know go into the gemini project that went into the apollo project and so that was always something exciting about space i mean as a kid growing up that 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 brought in so many scientists and and guys wanting to be engineers and be involved with all of that. That was just, it was just an amazing time. So, so how do you feel that all these kids want to go, went from wanting to be engineers to Twitch game streamers? <laughs> it's truly a sad and state of affairs, isn't it? <laughs> they went from wanting to help, uh, help the human race leave the confines of earth to being a reality TV star and Instagram, uh, Influencer. I think SpaceX is bringing a lot of them but back. But how many people is this going to bring back to space travel and wanting <laughs> to be engineers and scientists? 
I think once people see Elon Musk and really kind of see how much he's really into it, I think it'll help. And the fact like how fast he's innovating, he's innovating his rockets from what I've read faster than really anybody ever. Cause everything's right there. So if there's an issue, they figure out what it is. So they go out, build a next one and they fix it. They've been innovating incredibly fast, like insanely fast for like space shuttles and, and, and rocket technology. That's because he's an alien. He could be. Or just South African. He so. might be considering what he named his child. That's got to be an alien name with a he, click in it. I mean, he was basically... I'm not even going to look up the name of his child. I really don't even want... I mean, maybe John could actually pronounce it. It's an it's it's not pronounceable. And, and then he, they changed it this weekend, too. They added or took away... I don't know. It, it, it reads like a mathematical formula. Yeah. They added more consonants. The, the answer is probably 42. Um, hit no, don't, don't, don't that's like his the, middle name. You need the crickets again. What's the, the hitchhiker the guide to the galaxy? Guys to the galaxy. Yeah. Um, I like Elon Musk. I, he's, he's odd. That answers it all. Well, because I love the fact that he's just trying stuff that's never really been tried. I mean, he's the saving grace for the, the electric car. Because I think without Tesla, and I pre- preferably, I think the Tesla with Elon Musk, I think saved the electric car. He's bringing back like these really weird tunnels. He just got done doing his second, uh, second or third. No, it's his first tunnel in Las uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, just do got that. done. He just Oops. got done doing that loop. And you know, I I don't know. I like Elon Musk, and he seems he doesn't care about controversy. He had that flamethrower, and all of a sudden, everybody was making it illegal to have flamethrowers. When if you look at it, it's like the same one you can buy for roofers, yeah. <laughs> just modified. Yeah, no, those things are not flamethrowers. Um, so I I don't know. I like Elon he's Musk. Just fun. He's he's just like a billionaire troll. I mean, he got to say he sent his his own personal Tesla to Mars. Now, how many people can say that? So is it going to come back like yeah. Vigor? never coming back it's, it's going to keep on going yeah when he first landed that uh that one rocket so the one that you know ha- actually had the uh the uh what do you call it landed the booster on the, on the oh platform. yeah yeah my fa- that was the coolest thing i've ever fucking seen when you see when you watch both of them landing at the same time the twin landing was awesome yeah, the twin landing and they both actually made it it was like my God, it's like, you know, something out of Hollywood. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, if he wants to be a fucking evil mad genius, I'm totally into it. Let him do whatever the hell he wants. So is he is he Tony Stark or is he uh, st- uh, Stain? Obadiah Stain? He's Tony Stark. You think so? <laughs> I think so. Definitely a Tony Stark, for yeah. sure. Mad genius. Um, Uh-oh. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Still out. James came into this awfully <laughs> late. Are you awake there, James? You're usually a lot faster. <laughs> oh, I, I'm I'm here. It's just, there's such a delay every time I speak. Oh yeah, it's it's at least like five ten seconds before you guys hear me. That's all this <laughs> social distancing that we're being forced to do now. Right. It's, no, it's John's fault. Okay, it's John's right. Fault. Go go ahead. Blame blame me. That's that's sure. So come on! Oh, so, I'm not blaming you. I'm just telling the truth. Ah, uh, keep 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 thinking that. Hmm. We're just looking up. Why would I have to think that when I know it? <laughs> so come on, <laughs> you have a topic, or yeah, we did our job. Yeah, you all want to talk about space? Why don't we talk about the ocean? Uh, okay. We never talk about the dangers of the ocean and the fact that we know less about the ocean than we do about space. Oh yeah, I'm way more so, comfortable going to space. That's so, some yeah, prove it, prove it, prove to me that we know less about the ocean than we do about space. How <laughs> do we talk about rogue waves? <laughs> okay, so I the problem, the the problem is people making these statements. I look at them. Okay, so how did you come up with the statistics to be able to say that we know less about the ocean than we do about space? Who came up with that? And prove it. So. Well, technically, it depends on where we actually look in space. Yeah. Whatever. So, uh, f- uh, a former WWE wrestler died. I'm a doubter. In, in the ocean. 
And I figured since Rob grew up near the ocean, <laughs> we would talk about how people survive riptides. Because this guy died in a riptide. Oh, I know exactly how to get it out of riptides. I, I, uh, Shad Gaspard, one of the guys from Crime Time. An angle. Yeah, you, you just have to spin, swim parallel to the to the, the shore. Oh, yeah. For, uh, you know, a number of... Until you can see, you can actually see, if you've ever been a riptide, you can actually see what it's doing. And you just swim parallel to the ocean, you just swim until you can see where it's not being pulled out, and then you come back in. So if, if there's... if I there's survived many of them. So this, this gentleman um, got caught in the wave with his son. People came out to rescue him, told them to grab his son. He ended up passing away. But if there's any move to say you want to applaud somebody as like being the ultimate hero was, was you know, getting his son saved. I, I applaud him for that because, wow. unfortunately, there was only one lifeguard that was yeah. able to get to him. I applaud him for doing that. What I don't applaud him for is the fact that he, I would guess he was not a very strong swimmer. He got, they yeah. got pulled out, and he was not able to uh, keep himself alive. And it's a shame. I'm you sorry. You probably panic sets in. You know, you start getting worried. You start making bad decisions. You don't know what to do, and you start doing the opposite of what you should do. You know? well, yeah, yeah, it's part of well, not growing up near. I, I, I don't, I don't really know about his background, but I didn't grow up near the ocean, so I keep my white ass out of the ocean because I don't know how to survive in was, tides. I don't know how to survive any of that. Says that he was born in Brooklyn, New York. Well, he's near somewhere. But he died in Venice Beach. Yeah, there's no chance he's swimming in any of the. Not, <laughs> he's not in, in the Pacific Ocean. So he, he's, well, he wouldn't be swimming in New York. He didn't have an extra limb. I, you know, it's it, it was really sad. Huh. You know, it's just a shame, but people do these things. I, I don't quite get it. Yeah. I guess yeah, but Rob's right. That's what I've always been told is when you get caught in a riptide, you, you swim at an angle into the shore. You don't swim straight back in. You're just going to get pulled right out. Right. I If I remember correctly, uh, huh. and if I remember correctly, I remember somebody years ago saying, and to turn on your back and float and just swim so you're not you're not burning energy. You're not trying to force yourself to stay afloat. I don't know how much is yeah, true, but that's what the it, salt water. Will keep I you think kind that's if you can't get out of it. Oh really? Yeah. So all right. So you do float better in salt water, and you do fresh water. And uh, you're right. If if you yeah. if you're out in the middle of the ocean somewhere and you're dumped out, you can't keep paddling. So how do you do it? And part of it is floating on your back. But I I would believe that. Back in my day, having gone a bit through the the, the uh, <laughs> lifeguard program, uh, they were also told that you know if you could not get both people, three people, four people back, you told them how to get out of the riptide. Why you, you know, why you basically did it. And so this gentleman, if he had been a strong swimmer, would have just followed the lifeguard in with his son. And may have survived, but that's second guessing everything, and so that's not fair. Yeah, I yeah, I'm kind of curious to, to see what happened. I mean, no, I'm a, we don't I, know the situation. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually really bummed. I mean, I, besides besides the fact somebody actually lost their life, and he was a member of like Crime Time was my for that section in time was my favorite WWE duo because they were hilarious. Yeah, um, they were pretty damn good. And Ken Osmond died. This is going to be the episode yeah, that's of kind death. Of fun. Um. You know what the weirdest thing is? How many people? Oh, okay. Well, this is going to be weird that he's uh, he played um, Eddie Haskell and Leave It to Beaver. Oh. My this is my question oh. is how many people? I have not heard him. How many people would have known who he wow. is? Because it was on it was on a lot because I don't think it was expensive to run. Uh, in, re in reruns when we were kids, but I, I haven't seen it on TV in years. I wonder if he was somebody that somebody would have known, or is it like Petticoat Junction, where you have to be a certain age to actually know what the fuck it is? Yeah, nobody already watched Leave the Beaver. I loved Leave it the Beaver as a kid, and was it my... I did. I loved it as a kid, that, that Leave it to Beaver, Flipper, um, was it Father's Knows Best, or My Three Sons? Yeah. Um, there was another one. I totally dug you got all the, the way shows. back machine going. Huh? I'm trying to remember all the old shows because they were so. He they never were... moved very far. <laughs> well, he was born in Glendale, California, and died in Los Angeles. Who? Uh, he didn't go very far in his life. Ken Osmond, I... like moving around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Basically if you still LA. Wow. I mean, if you if you grew up in LA and yeah. you loved it, I'm I'm not surprised. 
I mean, he was an actor, so there's really only one place for an actor. Okay. No, no, no comment. Huh. <laughs> I mean, that's that depending was, on the kind that, of acting you're doing. I was just but looking to see if he did anything that, else. I think he did parts in. He was a cop. Uh, yeah. You imagine getting pulled over by Eddie Haskell? Sure. No. Why not? I'd be hilarious. I'm because, just shocked that he was a police officer. Well, you got to do something after your five minutes of fame are over. You, you can't do what, uh, what's his name? D- Danny Bonaducci did. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, what? More? He was a police officer for 18 years. Yeah. Wow. I, I wonder how often in his life somebody recognized him and said, hey, you wouldn't happen to be on TV. <laughs> probably in the beginning of his career. The probably well, he was a, a police few. officer from, he was a police officer in 1970, 1988. I guarantee people knew Eddie Haskell back then. Oh, yeah, because yeah, it was, it had to be pennies on the dollar cheaper to rerun a TV show from the 50, early 60s on um uh, on repeat on TV show when we were kids, when it was to do shows like Night Court, etc. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Brian James well, and I, our generation, was really the last people to actually see that show on some sort of consistent basis, because all that stuff was on when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. thought it, I thought it was a new show. Yeah. Here's, you know, there was my dad going, "Yeah, I saw it." Sorry, son. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I had my son watching uh, the Andy Griffith show for a while. He liked it. There you go. So, I mean, it's it's one of those shows, you know, they, I think my son would probably still like Leave it to Beaver, but oh, I or think, the Munsters. Well, I think right. those. Family. I think yeah, absolutely. those. Absolutely. There's more classic TV. Those are good shows. Well, yeah. I think those shows are universal, though, and I think they're a lot more universal than most of the shows that are on now. Because, one, you've got you've got very simple storytelling. You've got very clear narratives, very classic narratives, very American nuclear nuclear family narratives. But so I don't think those shows will ever not be classics. Versus, <clears throat> if you take a look like um, like the Dragnet, nineteen sixty through nineteen seventy. As much as I like the show, it's a very time it's a time capsule from the language they use to the sets they use. Versus if you take a look at Hawaiian Five O which started out in like six, late 60s, 68, 67, and lasted till the, uh, the early 80s. That was way ahead of its time. And even now, to some degree, is only really aging in some areas, if you watch it now. You know, Hawaii Five-0. The, the original. Yeah. Okay. Hawaii Five-0, if you, you take a look from the sets to the way they speak to the clothes, the clothes were 70, but overall, the method of storytelling is, is, is still very modern up until, I think... Um, drama, everything came super dramatized. Um, I think now everything's super drama. I'm, so the uh, reboot just ended. I am really. Yep. Wow. Yep. Last episode was uh, a couple of weeks ago. Was it any good? I never saw it. Uh at, at times. Because I was I mean, a fan you know, of the original, but yeah, at, at, at times it was good. It was entertaining. I mean, sometimes when you need mindless stuff to watch, and reality TV is not on. Well, we. <laughs> We record, we DVR everything, so yeah. So, do you think there's going to be I was any? Gonna say it's... I, I don't watch any modern television just because I don't have time and I don't really have cable, etc. Are there any shows you think 10, 20 years from now will be classics, like the Andy Griffith Show, like um, your Rick shows and like Morty. That? Rick, you, you think so? Fuck yeah. Or actually, you know what? I'm, what I'm rewatching for the second cartoon. time right now, which has gotten a new life on uh, on Netflix, is uh, Community. I don't know if you guys ever watched that show. Community. It's a comedy show. Isn't yeah. that the one where Chevy Chase got uh, fired from? See, I don't watch yeah. comedies or dramedies. I don't get them. Don't. Mash. I think Mash will be a, a millennial cl- uh, a classic. I think. I think over time it's going to be aged out, but I do think that's going to stay popular for a long time, just because it's a, a classic tale. Yeah, Mash is good. Um, I think the only thing people are going to get tired of, and I, I, I know I do at times is how heavy handed Ellen Alda was in the storytelling of it. Cause somebody once told me, uh, not told me in an interview said when you're, when you were on the thing with mash and Ellen Alda directed, he said it was, it was God then Ellen Alda speaking for God. And he said, it got really annoying dealing with Ellen Alda cause how, um, egotistical, like, or a pain in the ass he was to deal with. 
Huh. And I, I, I read somewhere that Jamie Farr got in a fight with him. Oh. I kind of... That'd be an interesting one to watch. <laughs> I got money on Jamie Farr. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I, Did he have high heels on? <laughs> Cole still would have beaten him up. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I, I think I, I think NC, I think NCIS will age well because it's another thing that's because I think for me I think it's basic classic stories it's simple storytelling procedurals in general are going to age very well I mean there's always going to be a crowd of people that watches that stuff well, but, I, uh, well you know what Lon, so wait, 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 John, John, hold on hold on I don't think Law and Order will age well I think NCS I think the first couple of seasons will age well. I think Law and Order will eventually will, will be okay. You know, the one that Criminal Minds is the one that'll probably stay for a long time. You think so? Besides the fact that it had a very the, long the run. I don't see. I, I kind of go with John on this one. He's saying things like Dragnet don't age very well, but then you're going to throw in NCIS, Criminal Minds, things like that. I don't think those are going to age very well because, I mean, there's no. the technology of the investigation are going to stay stagnant when those techniques are going to advance and get better. That's what you know, I think the difference between I mean, between Criminal Minds and NCIS. I think Criminal Minds will stay uh, more relevant than NCIS ever will. I, you know what? I think James is right now that, that, that he points it that way. The only reason I say like some of the modern stuff is because is I'm in... I'm, I'm watching it now today, but if you watch like the movie Gattaca and you watch some of the older technology, it ages you out as soon as you see that because it just... there's. It's such a futuristic telling. Well, and as soon as you, you see, see a CRT display, you're done. Yeah. So I can... So, uh, uh, well, no. I always looked at Gattaca as more I of mean, do you think Matlock ages? I, you're, I, haven't, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw an episode of Matlock. It's like asking, does diagnostic, uh, diagnostic murder, diagnosis well, murder say. age well? No, I mean, there are obviously shows that, you know, <laughs> you, you will forgive the aging of it and, and watch the storyline and, and enjoy it for what it is versus what it's showing. Roseanne. I think Roseanne it, to some degree is always going to, is always going to last well because the story, I think it's the, the story, original, role, the, the, the original Roseanne Roseanne. because of the storytelling method of it being uh, a typical Midwestern family or a semi-typical Midwestern family in a certain period of time. And so there's always going to be somebody who can empathize with, with one of the characters. So I, I think that's something that's going to stay around. And I think now that I think about it, maybe that's what makes good television. Like if you take a look at the Andy Griffith show or um, My Three Sons or some of these older TV shows, there's always a character that somebody throughout history is going to be able to say, oh, that was my dad or, oh, that was me when I was a kid. So what about the shows like, uh, what was it, Archie Bunker? Uh, All in the Family. All in the Family All and the Jefferson. Family. Now, same thing. I, I, I think that's the same thing, especially... Um, uh, you know, everybody had an Archie Bunker in their life. Jefferson's, I, I, I'm not sure of. Well, I guess, I, I guess what I'm, I'm thinking is, I think some of it, what they got away with, with the, with the writing and uh, some of the stuff that they did. Well, you can't. Do I don't it think now. today you could ever get away with it. And people would be protesting in the streets. <coughs> and, you know. I, I oh know. yeah. Um, <coughs> if you guys, if you out there and you've never seen All in the Family. I wish I remembered what it is, but there's a particular episode with a, a, a black, an African-American guy carving an apple, and the whole story revolves around that. Um, and it is, he's very in-your-face. He's kind of an asshole, very racist, very lovable racist. Um, but it was a great show. If you've never seen it, check it out. Because um, it was, I think it's revolutionary. It was a great way to talk about things that were happening in the modern ethos and having reflect society. It was very much in the time. I oh mean, it, yeah, you know, it, it, and yeah, I think it it, it brought up. Th I don't know why we're talking about those ones that are yeah. a time capsule. You know, the uh, the appeal is that they're still stories about people. They're still family stories. Yeah, like you know, the ones that have like the like James was saying, the specific investigation techniques that are going to be so dated so fast. You know that that a younger generation isn't going to have a, a basis for comparison and stuff like that. But the stuff about family, no matter when it takes place, is is always relevant. Like my comment in the original Roseanne, minus the last season. Right. Yeah, same thing with, uh, what do you call it? Um, family uh, Matters. 
well, yeah, Family Matters. All uh, in the Family, like, Full House. Like Saved by the Bell, you know, the sorts of kids kinds of shows. But um, no, uh, Mary oh, God. No, Saved by the Bell with just the outfits. Oh, Mary <laughs> Children. children yeah. Love that show. Well, I think, you know, I, I think, you know, like, I think what we're basically saying is I think the stories that are going to last, the TV shows that will always be timeless is the ones that have something that you can empathize and connect to, you know, Roseanne, whether you're talking about married with children, um, stuff like that. Even the Jeffersons were like dragnet, the 1967 through 1970, because there was a previous version of dragnet before that is incredibly a timepiece. It is a time capsule of a time that never really existed. Um, so versus if you take a look yeah, at Roseanne, show. if you take a look at Roseanne, Roseanne is more true to form, is more true to life. Yeah, well, that was the was deal even about up, I was trying to find a show like about this not great family. <clears throat> well, what were you going to say, James? Well... I was going to kind of agree with him on Married with Children. And the other thing about Married with Children, the reason why it would always be dated is freaking shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah, right. I Any think... TV show with shoulder pads on women is dated. The, I, I think... the, the haircuts. All. I think you're, 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 you're the one thing I got to say oh. is how forgiving people really are of clothing and style choices on TV and movies. Cause if you take a look at married with not married with children, like some of the fifties yeah, shows, some of the clothing and some of the stuff in fifties is very a time period. And, and I think people are more forgiving of that. Cause I just don't think they notice as much unless you, if that's kind of what you went into to watch it. Cause people pay more attention. I believe to the stories and what's happening. And then the, the clothing and the styling, I think it's the second place. So, you know, you bring up a good point that I, I was just thinking about. We, we, I listen to a lot of old time radio and one of my favorite shows is Dragnet, which is strictly on radio. And what you don't get is you don't see what they're wearing. You yeah. don't see their clothes. You don't see their hair. You don't see. So no. you, you actually get more of the actual story versus any of the eye candy, I guess you would call it, that you may be looking at, uh, which makes you... Center more on the actual story. Well, well so I, uh, when I first subscribed to Amazon Prime, the TV version, I was looking at it and I'm like, I'm going through all the shows and I'm like, oh, these are shows I used to like to watch. And one of them I picked up was like, I used to like the old TV show Highlander. Oh, yeah. And so I started watching that one. And that was the first thing that stuck out like a sore thumb was all the clothing, uh -huh. the big, puffy, the colorful jackets from the eighties, the shoulder pads on the wind, on the women's, uh, like all of their clothes, they had shoulder pads, the big puffy pants, the old hammer parachute pants, things like that. And it really got me thinking. And I had to look it up because I used to watch a show with my mom when I was, uh, when we, lived in Southern California back in the eighties, Perry Mason. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that show. And that's kind of, I'm bringing it up because John is bringing up lost TV shows. And that one is one that I think if you look at it now, I think it still ages well is because the law doesn't change all that much. It's simple storytelling. And even the outfits, I mean, they're all going to be definitely time period, but I mean, with a black and white show, it's more forgivable than what I would say you're going to get into if you get into the TV shows of the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. I, you're going to have a lot more clothing that is more time period for that era as far as, you know, like the puffy clothes, the kind of, uh, you know... I think some of I, I I think some of that though is because we lived through it. I think you have a tendency to look back on it because you 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 yourself saw uh, things change and clothing styles change. So I think some of that is because you you look back at it and, or you have a romantic view of that time until you you come back and see it and see kind of the ridiculous nature of it. I mean, what like, do you what think? What the hell Rob? were we thinking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I I think you're right. Uh, I think I think James' line of "What the hell were we thinking?" It's probably um, true. Well, bottom bottom line is nostalgia will always sell. Oh yeah, 
And I, I think people are more forgiving. <clears throat> I think story, good storytelling or simple storytelling, I think will always, will always make whatever styling choices the people are wearing is forgivable because people get engrossed into, into the story. Cause we all, uh, cause I think by human nature, we all love the fireside tales. So that's what kind of those TV shows are is it's the fireside tale of watching Perry Mason or watching whatever. Now, some stuff doesn't age well, um, obviously. Um, but I, I do think good storytelling will always make like an eighties, mid eighties TV show more forgivable. Like Miami vice is ridiculous, especially now. Thing, yeah. But I think, think I think of Perry Mason. I, I think because some of the some of the storytelling is would be the smoking, well, yeah, <laughs> right. But I think if you get really engrossed into the story <laughs> of Miami Vice, I think you'll be forgiving of the the Don Johnson look and you know all the stuff they did. Writing just wasn't <clears throat> that good for Miami Vice. Oh no, Vice. no, I'm sorry. Even the storytelling. Well, it's it's good, it's so. kind of the dragnet of the era. I mean, it's it's a period of time. I guess. Well, no, because it's a time capsule. It's it's a time capsule of the time that never really existed in Miami. If you like the story, that everything about it so, never really happened. Well, if the, if you, like Dragnet. Yeah, I'll tell you what. One of the yeah. things that, as I just mentioned about listening to old time radio, I know that uh, oftentimes I've you know I've I've sat here and said it would be cool to try to do a modern radio show with a good classic storyline, uh, and 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 have fun with it, and occasionally. Uh, companies and people have done that. There have been some more. Uh, CBS Mystery Theater was one that was in the 80s and 90s. They've had a they've had a number of try to comebacks to radio uh, because you have the ability to use your imagination when telling the story, just like reading a novel uh, versus the actual visual that interferes with the storyline. So you know what has brought that back more than anything else is podcasting. Yeah. Um, now I've been yep. listening to podcasting b- before RSS, pretty much before anybody that I know. And now that our, uh, now that podcasting is really ubiquitous, a lot of murder mysteries, a lot of storytelling, there's a ton of them out there that are actually really good quality stories like the Leviathan Chronicles. Marvel's done stuff with uh, Wolverine. And some of it's not my thing, but it's brought back the theater of your mind, which I totally dig. I'm yeah. always looking for like an audiobook ex- an audiobook experience that I want more that that like I can't wait for the next week's episode. I'll have to look those up. Um, yeah, I, I love it. That's a thing. That, that's a thing. <laughs> and and the, the coolest thing about them too is I've listened to some <laughs> that were rather like you would never get half this stuff on any public air because it's either too risque, it's too violent, or too like. You know, like, wow, that's that's way out of left field. Um, but it's really cool, like, kind of what they've, what people have done. Um, let's see if I got, I deleted a bunch of podcasts off my phone. Let's see if I can actually figure out which, if I have any on here. But while you're looking for that, I think that, that comes back to what I was talking about, is the fact that when you listen to something or you read a novel, uh, it gives you, um, you know, your mind is active in it and you, you have your own visualization of what's taking place at a given scene or whatever it may be. And I, I think, I think that keeps it fresh longer, shall we say? Well, yeah, I mean, it's no, I a hundred percent agree. It's like- I said this to John a while back when we were, when the Lord of the Rings all came out. It's going to bring that up. And I was disappointed by the movies. And the reason why I was disappointed by the movies is because I read the books when I was 12. And to take the imagination of a 12-year-old and the descriptions in the books and using my imagination and mix with that to look at something that's on a big screen, it, it doesn't really compare. Right. That's... So I was disappointed by the movies when I looked at it through that viewpoint. But when I step back and I'm like, you know, if I actually look and see it through his, you know, Peter Jackson's whole thing, it's not that bad. But in comparison to how I read the books and how I envisioned everything and how it put together, 
books are so much better. Well, you know that, and that's always been the thing. We go to we go to the movies and we see a movie that is taking place off of a book, whatever modern day novel it may be, and you go, okay, I read the book. Let's go see the movie, and almost to every movie I've ever seen that's done in that that way, I've always said the book is better. Yeah. You know, and it, maybe it's the detail in the book. It's the, you know, a, a book can take, you know, it can take you weeks to read the book, you know, where you got to get this movie in a two hour, three hour time frame and try to get the whole story jammed in there. I think part of it is also, especially with fantasy, is the medium you're transposing it onto, um, live action versus animation. Um, the problem I've I've noticed with, with live action is if something happens, you have to have an explanation within reality to explain why it's happening. So if you have magic, okay, why does magic exist? Why is this doing something? Versus animation lends itself to to suspending to suspending belief because, oh, it's a cartoon. So anything can happen in that realm of things. Um, and I just thought of something. Sorry to interrupt no. you. I understand where you're going with the animation, but I just thought about another genre that doesn't bode up well through time. It's sci-fi. Sci-fi ages yeah. so quickly, uh, even in books, uh, even in, you know, in, in early television shows. If you look at them, they age very, very quickly. I think it depends on. I think it depends a little bit. Like Dune, the book. I don't. I I think besides the fact it's like reading an A plus certification manual. I don't. I think it ages pretty good. Well. I don't know, man. I but, look but, at the original. I think the more we have an understanding of of science, you know, the more we're going to get movies like The Martian, you know, which are very so very rooted in in the the, the truth of what's going on. That movie is going to uh, age as well as milk. Up. Well, yeah, you're right, and but but Were you I, kidding me? I, I look. I talk about sci-fi that let's starts <laughs> starts in the 50s and 60s. Flash Gordon. It doesn't hold up now. Virtually none of it really does. I well, mean, as I would say, is is the guy, and we're we're over time, but is the guy who's the resident like nineteen fifties horror sci fi fan. Um, for me, it's the kind of the goofiness of it. It's the the simple storytelling. It's the throwback of oh, nuclear radiation instead of killing things can make giant radioactive ants. Um, and I, but I think there's well, a difference. Well, should be a fan of Outer Limits. I think difference between that and say like Flash oh, Gordon, like yeah. like Flash Gordon fifties. I, I think it just depends on on the the, the medium and the story because the Flash Gordon stuff ages ages like milk versus I think some of the sci fi the, the the giant creature oh. features I think age okay. Oh. Um, but yeah, I, don't know. I think fantasy ages the worst actually, especially live action fantasy. Like Cole does yeah. not age well. I love it, but it does not age well. Yeah. I, that's why I'm, I'm interested to see how, like, 10 years from now, how Lord of the Ring ages to other people. Because I'll always love it. But, you know, that's that's within my, like, what will my son think about it? It's like, oh, Dad, this is shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, what were you thinking, Dad? Um, so I'm curious. It's like 80s anime. You know, you, you have to be into it to, to like well, it. Well... I mean, there is the whole CGI scene of, what was it, The Hobbit? Where it's like the most terrible little scene in any of those films. Oh, uh, there's the bridge yeah. scene that was the Technicolor Rainbow, and there was the GoPro waterfall yeah. scene. That, oh, yes, the GoPro waterfall it. scene. Oh, my God. That was the one scene in the... Oh, my God, that was terrible. That took me... The GoPro water scene was the only scene in the entire movie in that entire series that actually almost made me get up and watch it because it was in beautiful four, you know, like 4K or whatever in the theaters, and all of a sudden you had this, like, GoPro. It's like, really? <laughs> Motherfucker could have skipped that. I get it. They're going underwater. <laughs> now then you blame the editor. I you know he I like edited it out, uh, I blame he? the director. Yeah, I mean I like Peter Jackson. I mean he's pretty flawless in a lot of the goofy shit he's made, in my opinion. But there's just bits and pieces. It's like Yelmo del Toro. No, no director is perfect. There's always things True. that little bits and pieces, or in James's case, an entire movie that you just don't dig. 
Well, you know, they start reading their own press releases. And that's... Wait, who the hell are you talking about? You don't like Pacific Rim. Who the hell are you talking about? Guillermo del Toro. What the hell did you call him, though? Oh, that's closer. That's closer to his name. Hey. I don't know what the heck he said the first time. Well, it's because you didn't hear half of it. That's not my fault. No. It's the COVID lap. Oh, no, I heard lapses. it just perfectly fine. You have the delay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm really curious to see what movies age well. Oh I'm getting the go home cue from the old guys. The question is, how long do you guys want to keep going? So have anybody have anything else to say? We already know what the old guy says. We've already lost our audience. Go ahead. Just shut the it. hell up and end the show. Say, say goodnight. <laughs> you know, this show's not brought to you by Burma Shave. Golfers, if fewer strokes are what you what you crave, oh, you you'll be out of the rough right. with Burma Shave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least play by drop. Man. Well, now I got to go find it. So, unfortunately, oh. ladies and gentlemen, we're out of time for, That's it. for the California Pariah for we need Jameson. the closing music. Where is it? As always, thank you for listening.